Welcome to Everything Nonprofit, a podcast where we reveal the secrets, tips, and tricks for leading a nonprofit. My name is Carmen. And I'm Kayla. As nonprofit founders, we know firsthand how challenging and overwhelming it can be to build a nonprofit from the ground up. This is a podcast for nonprofit executives by nonprofit executives. If you need advice on starting your own nonprofit organization, or looking to expand your knowledge of nonprofit operations, stay tuned. Welcome to this episode where we are continuing the Lessons Learned series. In our previous two episodes, we cover some important steps in starting a nonprofit organization including defining our mission and vision statements, creating a business plan, and setting up our administrative system. Today, we want to continue our discussion by delving into the world of social media. Specifically, we'll be sharing the platforms we have chosen to communicate updates to our audience, along with the pros and cons of each. Also, we'll be discussing the lessons we have learned from using social media to engage with our audience, and promote our cause. We're thrilled to dive into this topic as it's something Carmen and I are both passionate about. In today's digital age, social media platforms have become essential tools for nonprofit organizations looking to increase their brand awareness, engage with their audience, and share their mission with the world. A strong social media presence can help nonprofits reach a wider audience, foster meaningful connections, and ultimately increase their impact. With that said, Let's get right into it and explore the various ways nonprofit organizations can leverage social media to achieve their goals. Kayla, before we delve into the three main social media platforms that we use to communicate with our audience, we want to take a moment to talk about a powerful designing tool that has become very essential to our social media strategy. This is Canva. Canva is technically not a social media platform, but It has become a critical component in crafting and sharing our messages on social media. It is also a scheduling tool that we use to make sure that we put out content every week and that we are not missing our timeline in doing that. Yes, I love Canva. It's a total game changer. For those who don't know, it's an online graphic design platform that offers a range of design tools and templates and it makes it easy for anyone to create really stunning visuals for social media. It has a drag and drop interface and really user-friendly features, and it enables us to design eye-catching social media posts, infographics, and other visual content. This can help effectively communicate our message and engage our audience. And beyond that, like something that I really, really like about Canva and why I said it's a game changer is because it has a scheduling component on it. Carmen, we both have nine to five jobs, right? I can't stop what I'm doing at, you know, the best time to post on LinkedIn, which what is like 1130 on a Tuesday or something. Mm. I'm probably in a meeting at that time. So I can't stop and post on social media. So leveraging Canva's ability to schedule postings has been just like a total game changer for us. It allows two people who are really busy to to get our content out there. For sure. I agree with that. I also like 
the feature that Canva has for us to really plan out the content and also looking in a calendar format of what is going to come out next. And knowing that we can market better to serve our audience, like if we know that our podcast is coming out at the beginning of each month. We can schedule content maybe a month or even two months in advance because our podcast is going to be dropped. We will also have a corresponding posting about it so that we won't forget, right? And people can have that message sent to them too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The not forgetting is key. And so now they have a bunch of templates on there that you can take and customize. Um, And you can also create stuff from scratch, which I've done you know, a couple times, but then once you have something you like, like I've saved a bunch of our stuff as templates so I can just reuse it for future posts. Cause we don't always have time to be making content from scratch. Right. So that's a really helpful thing. I like that about Canva It mm-hmm. has like a ton of graphics and images, like the library that it has for those is almost never ending. They're actually starting to do some more AI stuff. I think they just had one of their reveals or whatever you want to call it. But I saw a lot of things with AI where you can like type in, I want to see a purple background with layered orange rectangles on it or something like that, like Dolly kind of, and it'll create exactly what you're looking for. So I haven't had time to use that yet. I haven't looked into it very much, but that's something that I'm excited to delve into. Wow. That Um, sounds amazing. If you have something that you can visualize and only knowing the description of what you want your image to look like Mm -hmm. and actually seeing that on the screen, I think Mm -hmm. that is very cool. It can definitely help us save time and also resources in coming up with designs. Yeah, for sure. Like that's something I'm excited to get into. And something else I like about it is that it has a communication feature where you can say, these are the colors that we use. This is the font that we use. It's like a brand kit. That's the word that I'm looking for. So I've set in there, like, these are the colors for Puget Sound PMV. This is the font that we use for Puget Sound PMV. Like you and I have a document out there about, you know, the fonts and the colors and the scripts that we use. But even with having that on Canva, it only almost makes that document kind of irrelevant because I can just tell you like, hey, here's the content feature section on Canva, just go there. It has all of the colors and the hex codes and the font and it's just right there. So that's super helpful. Yeah. And even before having this AI feature that you talked about, I feel like it was easy to come up with different designs. I remember if we have a template in mind, it might only take us five minutes to whip up another design. We used to create a different thumbnail for each of our podcast episode. And Canva was a very simple and effective way of coming up with those designs. So yeah, that's something I really like about the tool. Yeah, it's absolutely expansive. It also has collaboration features, which I like. So I can create a new design and I can actually at mention you and you get a notification. I'll say, hey, Carmen, you know, what do you think about this new design that I created? Or I have a question about something. Can you answer it so I can finish this design? So that's really cool too, the ability to like create teams almost on there and then collaborate within your team. I really like that. Yeah, that can help save file space. You don't always have to 
export a file, send it to someone and have them comment on it. You can do it right there within the tool as long as they have the link or they have the page to know where to go to. Mm-hmm. And something else I really like is being able to play with the different sizes. Yes. I know they have different types of templates. And also if you want to create a banner versus a post on Instagram, you have different sizes that you can choose from. And they're mm-hmm. easy to export too. It's awesome for the different purposes. About that sizing thing, like I know when we first started doing our podcast, we use Red Circle, right? And you have to add a thumbnail and you have to do it 1400 by 1400 pixels. And I was having the hardest time like resizing our stuff on my computer just to get it onto Red Circle. And I would get so frustrated until I realized that you can just resize it like right on Canva and it does it for you. Like no muss, no fuss. That was a good discovery for me. This shows how much you have done resizing. You re- even remember the pixels. It's 1400 <laughs> times 1400. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't that's even know point. that. Yeah. <laughs> it hit me like hard enough. It was frustrating enough that I remember it. And is there something you don't like about it now that we have talked about so many features that we really enjoy using? Yeah, I mean, I almost can't complain about the fact that we have to pay for it. This is one of the few tools that I actually pay for. And I pay for it myself because I use it as well in my personal life. I've used it for work. I've used it to schedule my own posts on LinkedIn. So it's only like $12 or $13 a month. It's not like it's going to break the bank. So I can't complain about that too much. Something I wish that they would fix is that if you at mention someone in a post, at least on LinkedIn, I haven't tried it anywhere else, but if you at mention someone in a post, it does not tag them. It posts it with a little A in front of their name. And then I have to go back into the posting after it's already posted and actually tag them. So that's really annoying. And I feel like that's something that they could probably fix. And then one other like small gripe is let's say you want to schedule the same post like on LinkedIn and and on Instagram, or let's say I want to go in and schedule a whole month in advance. If I want to use the same design twice, if I want to reschedule it, for some reason you can't actually like reschedule that design. You have to make a copy of that design to have both of them scheduled at the same time, which isn't that bad until it starts to get really cluttered. Like all of, all of the stuff that I have on Canva is cluttered because especially when we're trying to post, like maybe we have a new position open or a new project we're trying to find a PM for, I might go in and schedule a post every single day of the week to go up once, but I have to copy the same post five times if I want to schedule it five times. So then I end up with a lot of duplicates and it's just very cluttered. You know, it is a small gripe in the end. That's something I agree with too. The tagging people not being able to do that within Canva, that can take up your mental energy. You have to go back and tag someone else. I think Mm -hmm. that can be annoying and time consuming, right? Like there's an extra step that you have to do. You cannot do everything on Canva. Yeah. I don't remember either. <laughs> like, I think a couple posts have gone by with, a, with an at mention that's not actually at mention. 
Right. And like we said earlier, sometimes you schedule posts like a month or two months in advance. How will we remember what's going to happen in two months time? It's such a long way from when you are making, creating those posts. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Puget Sound Project Management Volunteers. Puget Sound Project Management Volunteers helps impactful non-for-profit organizations achieve their objectives by connecting them with skillful project managers who can aid them in crystallizing their visions, leading project teams, and deconstructing their goals into achievable milestones. This service is absolutely free and can help your nonprofit organization get the extra help it needs so you can spend more time making a difference in the world and less time on administration. Fill out the form in our show notes to request the assistance of a thoroughly vetted project manager, 100% free of charge. No gimmicks, no catches, just one nonprofit helping another. So we can start with our main social platform, LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And the reason of why we chose to use LinkedIn is because our nonprofit, it caters to more a professional and business focused audience. We mainly target project managers and also nonprofits in the greater Seattle area. LinkedIn is a space where we can likely connect with individuals who are interested in the cost and also have the skill and expertise to help achieve the nonprofit's mission. So we post a variety of content relevant to our target audience on LinkedIn, including updates about our organization, such as the hiring of a new project manager, recruitment postings to find the individuals to join the team, and news related to the field of project management and the nonprofit space. As of the recording of this episode, when I checked earlier, there were 190 followers on our page. That Mm -hmm. seems like a small number, but passing that 150 mark was a milestone that I didn't phantom of achieving when we started posting. I don't know if you feel the same way, Kayla, but I didn't really have high hopes. When we started using, it was definitely a very slow buildup. And when we started posting content on LinkedIn two years ago, we weren't getting much traction and attracting followers. I remember needing to invite my connections and close friends to follow the page. And I asked Kayla to do the same, invite your relatives, invite your family members, invite your past co-workers. And hoping that doing this, it can eventually help us spread the word. It gave us that leg up in the beginning. But I don't think it's a really long-term solution. Like, I cannot invite all my connections to follow our page. And we can grow our followers that way. And if there's one thing that I've learned in this process of gaining followers, it's more important to post regularly and posting engaging content that's targeted to our audience. So I want to say if For any nonprofits who are also trying to grow their LinkedIn page, don't get discouraged if you're not hitting your goal number. It's important to remember that building a following takes time and it's crucial to stay consistent with posting engaging content that resonates with your audience. Focus on creating content that aligns with your nonprofit's mission and values, but At the same time, if you have any tips for us on how we can improve our strategy, don't hesitate to reach out to us on LinkedIn. I might have some insight on it from my past two years of posting, but 
if there is something better, we would love to hear about them. Kayla,、mm-hmm. I know you have been leading our social media and marketing. And there are two、mm-hmm. things that I'm still trying to wrap my head around on the work that you do, which is scheduling our content from Canva to LinkedIn, and also the job posting feature on LinkedIn, which is something we have been exploring and using more regularly lately. Can you talk through both of them to our listeners? Yeah, well, like the first thing I'd like to say is you were talking about we just hit that 150 mark, right? <laughs> you said something about that being some sort of magical number. And I think we hit 150, well, maybe a month ago.、Mm-hmm. That sounds right. But now we're at 193. I look at it today, and that's、mm-hmm. if you extrapolate like two years. It took us almost two years to hit 150, and now within a month, we've gotten 43 more followers. Like that's pretty fast. So that's cool, and I can see this like. A good thing about LinkedIn is they have an analytics page, right? A, a lot of social media has a, has an analytics page, but we've been posting different content recently. I've started posting more engaging content about project management, just like tips and tricks on there, like more blog posts rather than just marketing materials for our organization. Our search appearances have gone up forty three percent in the last seven days. Like that's. Huge. Our followers have gone up 130 percent. Like that's pretty big stuff that's happening. So that's exciting.、Um, so definitely use the analytics on LinkedIn. And to answer your question, Carmen, to go more into the posting and the cadence and the job postings as well, like, it's pretty simple. Like we've already talked about Canva a lot, but it makes the scheduling and the po- like. The posting really seamless. I don't have to fiddle that much with it. It was actually much harder to get our Facebook and Instagram set up than it was with LinkedIn. It was really, really easy. The job posting feature, we just started using that on LinkedIn, and I loved that. <laughs> we、um, got a lot of applicants to join our organization in just a couple of days. The response was overwhelming. What I am not so happy about is <laughs> that you get one free job posting on LinkedIn, even as a nonprofit organization. And once you use that one free job posting, that is it. And then you have to start paying for it, and it is fifty four dollars a day. That's an insane amount of money. I'm sorry. <laughs> So you know, I don't love that about it. I guess we're not going to use that feature anymore because we are a small organization. Like, hello, LinkedIn, help your nonprofit organizations a little bit more. We don't have that much money in the bank, and it's definitely a good cause. So don't love that about LinkedIn. But you know, that's a lot of things that we don't like about a lot of platforms is that we have to pay for it, right? <laughs> This is the world that we live in, but generally, like I think LinkedIn is our most powerful tool. It's professional engagement. We're looking for professional project managers. We're looking for nonprofit organizations. The best place to do this, by far, is LinkedIn. Using hashtags to target the audiences that we're going for. For sure, yeah. Hashtags really help us. That's how I search for stuff on LinkedIn. Lastly, we want to talk about Instagram and Facebook. These two platforms are grouped together because they are both under the same parent company, Meta. 
and the content that we post on both platforms are the same. We also only started using Instagram and Facebook in January of this year, 2023. So we are still trying to acclimatize to the best practices. Kayla, what has been your experience like on Instagram and on Facebook? Yeah, I think, like you said, we've only been using it really in a professional capacity since January. And to be honest, even though I'm our social media person, I have not actively used my own Facebook page in years and I don't use Instagram at all. So for me, I don't even want to say I'm a classic millennial. I think a lot of people that are millennials are familiar with Instagram. It just doesn't speak to me. I don't necessarily know that our target audience lives on Facebook and Instagram, but I think they might. I just don't, you know, we haven't figured out how to target that audience or how to engage more deeply. I'm very comfortable with LinkedIn because as a business professional, I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. I spend a lot less time on Instagram and Facebook. You know, we could probably do a lot more there. I don't think either of us really have the capacity for right now. What I like about Instagram is the link that you can put in your page profile. So even Mm -hmm. though we are not using Instagram Super actively, we have a link on our profile that can direct our users to our LinkedIn page, which is what we call the, our main social media platform. And I think that mm-hmm. helps to direct the traffic. If there's someone who only uses Instagram but doesn't really know about our organization, they still have a way of reaching us and a way of contacting us. So that's how we have been using Instagram. It's in a way that We are not really trying to attract followers that way, but if someone wants to learn more about us, they can go through Instagram to get to our LinkedIn page. Yeah, that's true. I'm just not very familiar with it. I think you're more familiar both with Facebook and Instagram than I am. I embarrassingly don't pay that much attention to it because I'm just so much more comfortable with LinkedIn. I feel like our audience is more there. I don't love about Instagram because I don't pay so much attention to it is the grid feature on our page, right? So when I look at other organizations and their Instagrams, they can look really, really good if they're well curated and they're thought out. So, you know, some people have a very consistent pattern on their grids, like the side panels are pictures only and the middle are quotes only. And it just looks very consistent in that way. And it's like very beautiful. And I definitely, I'm just trying to get it done. (laughs) So I don't necessarily pay attention to that and just looking at our grid, like I see two posts that are like right above each other and they're exactly the same. Um, (laughs) It takes a little more thought to put into it, really. Like it is challenging. It was also harder to hook up to Canva for some reason. Like we we had a lot more roadblock in doing that. Some like special features we had to toggle or I can't even remember anymore, but there was definitely a few steps. Whereas with LinkedIn, it was easy. Kayla, you should give yourself some grace. Look at the branding that we have on our Instagram page. It's very consistent and it has that light blue color all over which I really like. Well, when I see that color, I associate it with our organization. So that's because of you that you really thought out of the branding and what color matches with the message that we're trying to send out. That's why there is this effect. Thanks. Yeah, I I appreciate that. I have been pretty thoughtful about the colors that we use and the fonts that we use and 
and that sort of stuff. And I think that does present more of a, a cohesive page whenever you really look at it. So that is nice. But I think, you know, I could play 10% more effort into trying to get the grid in and of itself to look a little more organized in, in that manner. So, you know, just how would we like to use it differently going forward? I think maybe that, maybe being a little more mindful of the grid and the order in which things come out and whether or not it is pleasing to look at. But I, you know, I definitely don't have time to be creating new content all the time. So that's sort of another thing that I have to think about is, you know, how do we make sure things don't look too repetitive on the page? And that's a great way to wrap up our episode. Thank you everyone for joining us for the final episode in our Lessons Learned series. We hope that you found our discussion on the setup of our social media platforms, including Canva, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook to be informative and useful for your nonprofit social media efforts. Throughout this episode, we shared what we liked and disliked about each platform and offer tips for optimizing their use to reach your target audience effectively. We hope that our experiences can inspire nonprofits to take advantage of these platforms and leverage their potential to connect with supporters, volunteers, and donors. We know that starting a nonprofit can be challenging, but with the right tools, resources, and mindset, you can achieve your goals and make a positive impact on your community. We hope that this series has been helpful in providing guidance and insights for nonprofits starting on this journey. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Everything Nonprofit. If you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with your friends. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Thank you.